Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Anybody like Faith School? (laughs) Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. God intended for us to be victorious, always triumphing, winning. Again and again and again. uh, Being a person of faith, living by faith, doesn't assure that you won't be attacked or that you won't have any issues to deal with. What it does assure is that you'll win. You'll overcome. If you won't give up, if you won't quit, you can overcome. You can win. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Let's release faith today for fresh manna from heaven just exactly what the Lord knows we need. Father, we ask for it, the anointing that teaches and quickens and reminds and reveals and even shows us things to come. We ask for answers. We ask for strengthening and nourishing in our inner man. And we acknowledge that you are our victory. You are our answer. You've already bought and paid for and given us everything will ever need. We've been given all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All things that pertain unto life and godliness, you have given to us. We thank you for it. And we open up ourselves to receive more today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look please in Luke, the seventh chapter again. Let's continue in our study of this uh, healing of the centurion servant. It's the six, number six one in our study so far. And it's recorded in Matthew 8 and in Luke 7. When Jesus had ended all his sayings, verse 1, in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. We know from studying other portions that, and looking up the words, that the centurion is a Roman officer who has authority and leads at least a hundred men plus their support, and a hundred soldiers. And he has a servant who's very sick. The scripture, other translations brought out that he was bedfast, he was paralyzed, and he was in torments with pain. And one thing we got into earlier is that there's no way torment is the will of God. The Bible uses the word torment to describe hell. Does God want us to uh, experience hell or heaven? <laughs> you know? And he said, pray God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's God's will. Not that hells uh, would be manifest on earth, but that heaven And God's will would be. When he heard of Jesus, and we talked about that yesterday, what did he hear? He heard about how Jesus was exercising authority, how he was teaching with authority, 
how he was exercising authority over disease and over wrong and, and bad spirits. When he heard about that, he sent to him the elders of the Jews. From his standpoint, he's, he's not, he, I guess he didn't consider himself to be a spiritual man. Or a, he's not a man of the word. He's not a preacher. He's a fighter. He's a soldier. He's an officer. And, um, but authority and rank is his life. And so instead of him thinking, I can go straight to Jesus, he realizes Jesus has spiritual authority. And so what is the spiritual rank? What is spiritual protocol? <laughs> right? He knew he couldn't just waltz in to Caesar's court <laughs> and see him, right? He knows he can't do that. So he has officers that outrank him and then above them. So that's how he thinks. So he goes, what can I do? Uh, Jesus got the authority to get my, my servant boy healed. He's convinced of that. If I could just get him to give a command, he has the authority. He's convinced of, oh man, if the church would just be convinced of that, right? <laughs> that the authority is there. So he gets the elders to go for him. So in his mind, it's, uh, he knows it's Caesar, it's the commanders, it's the officers over him, it's him, it's the soldiers under him. It's the, see, he thinks in rank. That's his life. Well, that's true spiritually. Have you read in the New Testament talks about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places? I said it the other way. It, it, it goes the other way. Um, what is that? That's rank. That's rank. And when you hear about angels, archangels, what's that? That's a, that's a, a designation of rank. Uh, in Daniel, um, one of the angels that came to Daniel one time, he says, uh, he talks about his angels that apparently he's leading them in a conflict against forces of darkness. Um, there's a whole realm that most of the church is not aware of. It's the realm of the spirit. And in this realm, there is rank. There's rank. And the man who's called to have some of the greatest faith that Jesus had ever seen is the man who understands this. So do you think we should be enlightened to this? We should be quickened to this. We should keep this in mind. There's rank. There's rank spiritually. So he says, you know, in his mind, there's God, the Father, there's Jesus, uh, there's maybe the elders of the Jews, and so he's down here somewhere. <laughs> so he gets them to go and ask on his behalf. Jesus said, I'll come. So he leaves, starts heading to the centurion's house. But when the centurion sees him coming, he, he thinks, oh, no, no, no. Uh, this holy man of God, he doesn't need to come to my house. Uh, he sends friends and, and intercepts him and says, uh, you know, the centurion says, please, no, you don't need to come into my house. He, in, in one translation said, uh, I'm not important enough for you to come to my house. So this is another aspect of great faith. You're not so, uh, you don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And you don't think somebody owes you something. See, he could have come across like, 
hey, I built them a synagogue. I've, I've done some stuff. You know, the least you could do is come see me. That's how you don't get healed. Are y'all with me? When you start talking about how good a Christian you've been and all the stuff you've done and all that you've given, what's that got to do with what Jesus bought and paid for? Huh? Can you see that? And you may be the biggest thing going in the world. You may be the king of this or the president of that or CEO of this. You may have given millions and you may have done this. That alone doesn't make you anything in the kingdom of God or before God unless something was done out of love and out of faith. And when you realize how big God is and how holy he is and how big the kingdom of God is, you know, I've thought about this before. You know, we, uh, even the most uh, strongest faith and, and most, uh, di- you know, disciplined and obedient in our generation, when they leave here and get to heaven, guess who else is there? Paul. Is that right? Peter. Elijah. Elisha. David. Moses. Jesus. Is that right? So, who are you in heaven? You know, you are somebody. Don't misunderstand me, but don't get to thinking you're the biggest thing going because this thing is big, right? And when you're talking about the throne and everything that's under that, well, you're in there somewhere, but don't get to thinking that because of what you've done here and there, that maybe you're owed some favor. And No, the favor is because of what Jesus did for us, right? What we can have is a free gift given to us because of what Jesus has done. And he said, verse 8, I'm a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say to one, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, to my servant, do this, and he does it. In other words, they don't, They don't discuss if they're going to do it or not. They do it. And they always do it. Why? Because he has the authority. If you'll just say say the word, he had said. Verse 7. Just say in a word, my servant shall be healed. Obviously, Jesus had authority, has authority, over unclean spirits and over disease. He demonstrated that. In his earthly ministry. I mean, we see, we got a handful of cases we're told about, but this happened many, 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 many times. Many times. Must have been thousands, at least, more like tens of thousands, that Jesus exercised authority. Shut up, come out of them. Disease, be gone. Fever, leave. That's how he functioned. Well, People look at that, and I understand why, and they say, yeah, but now that's Jesus. (laughs) He's the Son of God. Okay, he can do that, but only him. Well, that wasn't true. He gave that authority, didn't he, and power to the 12. And so then you'll see people go, well, okay, yeah, yeah, the 12, too. Special dispensation. But when the last apostle, well, what about the 70? And most folks, they'll go, the what? And we just got through seeing right in Luke 10, he appointed 70 also. Let's look at that again in Luke 10. 
when he appointed the 70 also. And there's no question that uh, they had the same authority as the 12 and really as himself. Because the Bible said in, in Luke 10, 1, after these things, Jesus appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself. Now, why, why is that language? He himself would come. Why? Because when they showed up and said what he wanted them to say and did what he wanted them to do, it was tantamount to he himself showing up and saying it and doing it because it, this wasn't their idea. They didn't anoint themselves. They didn't authorize themselves. They didn't send themselves. Oh, come on. Can you see this? So they're speaking on his behalf and actually in his name. And verse 17, verse 17 says, the 70 returned again with joy. You know, the proverb talked about that uh, the city rejoices when the righteous bear rule. Hallelujah. When the righteous are in authority, is actually how it says it, then the people rejoice. There's joy when the righteous are in authority. And the 70 returned again with joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. He said to them, I saw Satan as lightning fall from the heaven. <laughs> Not a good day for the enemy. He said, behold, I give you power. Now that's the Greek word for authority. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want to ask you, is your name written in heaven too? Huh? Is every believer's name written in heaven? So do we have authority like this too? Now there's most church going people are not convinced of that yet. But why wouldn't we? We said this uh, on yesterday's uh, broadcast, Mark 16. And you see it in Matthew 28 at the end uh, of these accounts when Jesus has now risen from the dead, triumphed and, and brought to naught the powers of darkness, made a show of them, the Bible said, openly, triumphing over them in it. Remember in Revelation, when he appears, he says, I am he uh, that, that was, was alive and dead, and I'm alive forevermore, and I got the keys of death and hell. Oh, hallelujah. Has he got the keys or not? And in, in Matthew 28, that's what he said. He said, all, of, after he'd raised from the dead, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Did Jesus say that? Yes. Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And most people stop right there and they say, well, okay. I mean, he's got it, but then they don't believe they have it. The very next verse, he said, so you go. <laughs> Didn't he say it? So you go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you put that with what Mark said. He said, and these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You must have authority or you couldn't do that. Come on, can you say, you've you got to have authority or you couldn't do that. 
We see in the book of Ephesians, you know. In fact, let's just uh, let's look at it so I don't move through it too quickly. In Ephesians, what is it? The, uh, the third chapter, I believe it is. He talks about, well, it's, it's both in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. Ephesians 1.20, the Spirit of God through Paul is praying that the church of Ephesus would be, get a revelation of this, and all of us need a revelation of this. The power, verse 20, which God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, what does that mean, right hand at, of the throne? What is that? That's a place of authority, right? That's the only higher place is the throne that the Father's sitting on. Is that right? So, and we're talking about the highest place in the universe over all kingdoms for all time, eternity. And Jesus, through what he did for us, none of that did he need. He was already in glory and in power and authority. But for us, he did all of this. And when he triumphed over it, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, waiting till his enemies are all experientially made his footstool. And he set him at his own right hand, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Is he still talking about rank? He's talking about rank, evil rank, ranks of darkness. Far above does the Lord's rank and authority far outrank, <laughs> far outpower anything the enemy could ever do. That's what he's saying. And every name that is named, not only on planet earth, <laughs> but not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22. Oh, verse 22. Somebody say verse 22. Verse 22. Why, why, why? And, somebody say and. And, and what? And has put all things under his feet. Somebody says, well, that's still talking about Jesus mm, and the body of Christ. The feet are in the body. The feet are at the bottom of the body. Right? Is he still talking about rank here? Put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Oh, tell me those, those next three words. Those next three words. To the church. Somebody say to the church. To the church. To the church. How can the head have all authority and power, but not the chest, not the torso, not the legs? No, that's not how it works. If the head's got authority, the body's got authority, right? Where's the feet? Feet's in the body. Feet's in the body. How many understand you're somewhere in the body? Maybe you are a patch of skin on the bottom of the little toe on the left foot. Huh? But you're in the body. Amen. And because of that, because you're in the body, the body's attached to the head. Yes. Guess what authority the head has at the right hand of majesty on high. Oh, somebody say glory to God. That's all authority in all of heaven and all earth, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Does the body have authority? Because the head 
has authority. Oh, somebody say the church, the church, the church. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Oh, let those, let those words ring in your heart all day today, all day tomorrow. Somebody say to the church, to the church. What to the church? This power, this authority, this name above every name has been all put under his feet and given to the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In the third chapter, in the 10th verse of Ephesians, he's still talking about some of the same things. It's the same book. He said, he did this. This is God's word translation, Ephesians 3.10. He did this so that now through the church, everybody say through the church. Through the church, he could let the rulers and authorities in heaven know his infinite wisdom. This was God's plan for all of history, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, we can go to God with bold confidence through faith in Christ. Why? God intended to show up the powers of darkness that he could exercise dominion over them through his little kids. Us. (laughs) This is humiliating. (laughs) Go, can you see this? This is so humiliating to the devil. I mean, we're talking about beings that have existed. We don't know how long. Maybe even some of these, you know, Satan and his bunch, some of them may have been around for millions of years. We don't know. You and I just barely came on the scene. In their, in their eyes, we hardly know enough to wake up and get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> We're so young. When the Bible calls you, the Lord calls you his little children, it's not a figure of speech. It's because we are. Spiritually, we are. And yet... Every one of us have received power in the Holy Spirit. Every one of us have received authority in the name of Jesus. And that's why we can resist the devil and he has to flee from us. We can speak to sickness in the name of Jesus. It has to obey us. We can speak to a wrong spirit in the name of Jesus. And that's why, you know, in Matthew Uh, It it sounds just like the centurion came to Jesus himself. It said the centurion came to him. We read in Luke, he didn't go personally. He sent elders, then he sent friends. How can both of these be accurate? That's how real delegated authority is. The Lord said, uh, let me me read it, make sure I get it right. He said, um, if you receive, John 13, 20, if you receive Whomever I send, you receive me. Is God big on, on delegation? Is he, oh, he's, he's huge on it. He that receives whoever I send, receives me. He that receives me, receives the one that sent me. Oh, it do us well to meditate on uh, authority, to meditate on spiritual place, and rank. James talks about this. What is it, 417, where he says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. How many understand it's significant how the order of that? 
right? It doesn't start with resist the devil. What does it start with? You, understood subject, you submit yourself to God. And the, the very word submission is a word that has a military rank connotation to it. If you look it up in the original dictionaries, what, what are you saying? How do you submit yourself to God? You acknowledge God is over me. <laughs> that should be easy to understand, but most of the planet hadn't got it yet. Say it out loud. God is over me. Jesus is over me. He has the authority. When we say Jesus is my Lord, you're saying he's over me. And shouldn't it be like what the centurion's talking about? I have people over me. And when they tell me something, what is that? When they say go, I go. When they say come, I come. When they say do, is that how it's supposed to be between us and God? He's over us. And if I submit myself to God, what happens next? Then that puts me in a place over the devil. Oh, come on, can you see? In a, a place of authority. And I'm taking my place under the head of Christ. I'm in the body. That puts me in a place to exercise that authority in Christ. And the devil has no choice. He has to obey when I give a command. In the name of Jesus, the reason he immediately takes to flight and flees is because he didn't see Keith. <laughs> is that right? When I came in the name of Jesus, it could be written like the master showed up and told him to go. Oh, hallelujah. That's why he can't stay. He's got to go. And he leaves. And when, uh, when the master said, be it unto you as you have believed at that exact moment, that boy was no longer paralyzed. He was no longer in pain. He was no longer bed fat. Can, can you picture it? Come on. He, he reached up. Uh, how many uh, think he was happy? And he started praising God and giving glory to God. And he was free and healed. And it was all because of divine authority. Say it out loud. I have authority. In the name of Jesus. I've been authorized. I've been empowered. I am to rule and reign in life by Christ Jesus. Praise God. That's it. Our time's up again for today. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. We've been seeing in our study in these last two weeks the significance of divine authority. God-given, delegated authority in His name. I know many of you are partners, and some of you may become partners, but you need to understand, even though you have sown in church or different places, you must lay hold of your harvest. The enemy's a thief. He will try to steal. You want to exercise your authority for your harvest. Say it out loud with me. Satan, take your hands off my provision. Said out loud, angels, go, cause it to come into my life. Said out loud, I claim all I need, I claim more than enough to pay my bills, to get caught up, to get ahead. I claim it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You have authority to say that. You have authority to do that. It's been given to us in the name of Jesus. I'm in agreement with you. 
We're expecting with you for bountiful harvest to come into your life in every area you need it and even in areas that's just you desire good things. God is good and he does good. Be sure and come back next week. We're going to continue on in our study. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.